0: When I was a kid growing up in St. Ferdinand Parish, my family went to Mass each and every Sunday, and we would normally sit maybe about the second or third pew uh, on the the left side of the church, maybe right around here. Uh, We we sat there every single Sunday, and there were many, many times as a child where I'd ask my mom and dad, can we please sit a little bit farther back from where we are? I, I felt like a bad Catholic sitting up at the front of church. I wanted to be with all the good Catholics in the very back. I'm not judging anybody based on where you're sitting today. Don't worry. Um, but you sort of feel like you're in a microscope and you sit up front anywhere, whether it's in school, whether like even as priests, when we go to like a conference with our brother priests, we normally scout out a good spot, middle to back, maybe a little bit off to the side, you know, a place where you're not very conspicuous, where you're not right out in front of everyone because you can sort of feel like you're under the microscope when you're right up in front. You feel like you are the 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 focal point of that person's attention. There's almost nowhere to hide, you could say. You're almost afraid sometimes of being called out uh, by the speaker or the person up front. And I imagine, brothers and sisters, this is sort of how Simon Peter felt in this gospel, or at least at the very beginning. A man going about his business on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. Just going about his business. It's a busy day. There's a lot of hustle and bustle. People buying and trading various fishes and various things. And he sees Jesus at a distance. Or he might even hear someone say, "Oh, look, there's Jesus of Nazareth. And Peter's probably heard a little bit about Jesus. After all, Jesus had already done a couple of miracles, most notably at the wedding feast of Cana. And Peter's probably heard about this man. From other people, and he knows deep down that if Jesus fixes his eye on him, if Jesus were to have a conversation with him, that it it would probably result in Jesus calling out things in Peter's life that needed to be changed. So what does Peter maybe try to do? He tries to maybe avoid Jesus at all costs, keeps his head down, doesn't try to make eye contact with him, just tries to go about his business. That's that sometimes happens when Myself or Father Schrader go out in public uh, wearing our collar. It's a weird combination of awkward stares and people not wanting to make eye contact with us at all. And only those two reactions. There's nothing in between. So, of course, what does Jesus do? Well, he goes right into Peter's boat and starts teaching And Peter, I can imagine him thinking, okay, uh, this guy is in my boat. I don't want him to talk to me. I'm still, you know, maybe give him a little head nod and just kind of still go about doing my business. Go about doing my work. Thinking that that would just kind of, you know, let Jesus teach and in a few minutes he'd be done. And then eventually, though, Jesus says, get into the boat and let's go out into the deep water. And Peter probably feels a little bit more uncomfortable in this moment. But he also probably thinks, yeah, I have worked all night and I have caught nothing, so I'll drop the nets in the deep water, and that'll be the quickest way to get this guy out of my boat. And yet, what happens? He has the greatest catch of fish that he has ever seen. And I think it's in that moment, brothers and sisters, that Peter realized that there was something different about this man. Something that made him worth following. And something that made him worth reorienting his entire life around. From that moment on, brothers and sisters, Simon Peter's life changed forever. Bishop Robert Barron, a great modern apologist, talks about this story. And in his commentary on it, he talks about this image of Peter letting Jesus into his boat. And he describes it as an invasion of grace. An invasion of grace in Peter's life. Because this boat, Peter's boat, represented his entire livelihood. It was the center of his income and providing for himself and those that he loved. It was the center of his social life. All the people that he knew were probably other Galilean fishermen. It was the center of everything that Peter did. Peter was, if anything, most well known as a Galilean fisherman, And and that boat is a rather essential part of that. But Jesus sort of commandeers the boat in this moment, in this story. And by doing so, he supplants himself into Peter's life and into his livelihood. And we see what happens when Jesus and his grace are at the helm of the boat of Peter's life. He is able to accomplish far more than what he could have ever imagined. And this speaks to the reality, brothers and sisters, that when Jesus and his grace are at the helm of our boat, the powers of our soul are able to work at their best. And this story also beautifully encapsulates what Peter's entire life would be about from that point onward, that he would go about being a fisher of men, be the leader of the church and be the one to help bear more fruit than he could have ever imagined on his own. You know, too often, brothers and sisters, we are like Simon Peter at the beginning of this gospel. We see Jesus walking along the way at a distance, and we're almost scared of him talking to us. Scared of him entering into our lives, and scared of him entering into our livelihoods. So what do we do? We almost try to avoid making eye contact with him. We want to just go about our business do nothing conspicuous, do nothing that would maybe attract Jesus to us, do nothing that would get him to notice us. We don't want him to notice us or be drawn to us. We don't want him to enter into our livelihood. But the truth is, brothers and sisters, Jesus is most definitely drawn to us, even if we might not be drawn to him in that moment. We often feel the tug of the Lord we know that he is working nearby, you could say, but we often want to avoid him and bury ourselves in our work and other pursuits to sort of distract us from Jesus who is right there. We don't want Jesus to focus his attention on us because when that happens, we know that Jesus is probably going to prompt us to change things, into our, change things in our lives because he knows us better than we know ourselves. We think that, oh, if Jesus is going to commandeer my boat... He's going to take something from me. He's going to want something that I have, and he wants to take it, and I will never get it back. But that is a lie. Jesus takes nothing from us, nothing of what makes life true, good, beautiful, and great. Sure, Jesus will always call us into the deep, to the place where we are not comfortable, to maybe that place we don't want him to be. Maybe for us, that place of depths, that place where Jesus is calling us is Jesus asking us, hey, when was the last time you gave time to me in prayer? Or maybe it's, you know, what are you doing in your marriage that could be better conformed to my plan for love? Maybe it's hey, make sure you're at mass every Sunday. Or it could be, hey, you're, I know you're probably struggling with purity right now. Or even it could be, maybe you could just give more to the poor and be generous with what you have. What's that place where Jesus is calling us to go out into deep water? the place where we might be uncomfortable to have Jesus with us, but the place where we know deep down we need change. That was the place where Jesus took Simon Peter. And when Jesus gets into our boat and takes us to the deep water, the powers of our soul and all of our abilities are better ordered. And every facet of our lives is better for having Jesus at the helm. Peter's life was far better having Jesus at the helm of his boat than it was without him. And this is what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, to let Jesus into our boat, to let him commandeer our boat, to let him invade us with his grace. Discipleship involves moving from hiding from Jesus to hiding nothing from him. And it involves moving from not wanting to make eye contact with him to having our eyes entirely fixed upon him and him alone. So today, brothers and sisters, let us not be afraid to have Jesus spot us out of the crowd, just as he did with Simon Peter. Not be afraid to allow him to enter our boat, commandeer our lives, and invade us with his grace. But like Simon Peter, may we let Jesus into our lives, into our livelihoods, so that we might bear greater fruit than we could have ever had on our own and follow him.